This is part two of the history lessons with Professor Berthin. Um, this episode was about Bolivia. Um, I got back a little while ago from playing soccer with Keller. It was really beautiful out. Right now I'm um, drinking some strawberry um, limeade that my mother made me. As I take a sip of that, it is really refreshing after running outside for about two hours. But I'm back and I'm ready to finalize the episode. So on part one, I talked about um, the general history of Bolivia, some capital cities, and then kind of dive deep into the presidential um, um, presidential occurrence of the nation. All the, all the funny things that occurred with um, presidency and, and kind of the government um, and this episode is going to be a little more focused on uh, where my dad was from and um, other certain features of of Bolivia that are very important. So I'll first dive into one of the biggest features um, of Bolivia and one of the main um, points of interest. Um, it's Lake Titicaca, which I mentioned in the first part. But this lake, um, it is located in both Peru and Bolivia, um, in between the Andes Mountains. Um, it is, of course, surrounded by beautiful mountains. I'm staring at a picture right now. If you want, you could look up um, a picture of Lake Titicaca. I'm going to be asking you or recommending you to look up certain things throughout this, this second part because there's a lot that I can't really describe and explain. You could only kind of see it for yourself, so... Definitely recommend looking up Lake Titicaca and some of the pictures that um, go along with that. And there's a very interesting thing. So Lake Titicaca, um, there's some Native American tribes that actually live on the water. And you could even look that up. And they build houses like on the water. It's insane. It's really crazy. And they kind of move around depending on the weather and like how high the lake is and stuff like that. But that's kind of one little interesting thing that goes on in the lake. But it is a big landmark and one of the um staples of of Bolivia and it is again 13,000 feet above sea level which is insane and this is just some history I'm kind of also learning about this I haven't really dived deep about history but Lake Titicaca is a geological wonder formed during the pre-ice age about 60 million years ago the lake was formed when massive earthquakes shook the Andes mountains splitting the range in two and forming a hollow that eventually got filled with water from melting glaciers creating bodies of water and ultimately rivers and the immense Lake Titicaca according with well, these are like legends according to one of the legends of the Incas, the first Inca Manco Capac and his wife Mama Ocolo emerged from the depths of the lake. So there's even kind of legends involved with it. But that's kind of one of the main, main um, things that are involved. And this is where, this is actually the lake where um, there is supposedly an Atlantis type thing. So literally I'm looking at this article, Legend of the Lost City. So ever since the Inca civilization inhabited this area, the lake has drawn fascination and according to local population, has mythical, almost sacred powers. Stories of Inca treasures lost by the Spanish underwater have attracted many expeditions. What else? There's also more... Yeah, that there's like a, a underground city that... that is submerged there 
So I definitely would uh, recommend again checking out some pictures and and looking at like the indigenous people that build on the lake. But that is Lake Titicaca in Peru um, and Bolivia. It's it's half and half almost. Then the next landmark before we dive deep into where my dad is from, the specific city and um, certain things involved in in there, um, we're going to talk about the Salada de Uni. Um, and you probably have heard about this. It is the world's largest salt flat. Um, it's about uh, 10,000 square kilometers or 3,900 square miles in area. And this is located um, near Potosí. So we were talking about Potosí in the last um, episode or last part, um, which is in the southwest of, of Bolivia. And it is near the crest of the Andes Mountains. So I'm just going to read a little bit of like the history and how it forms, stuff like that. So the Salada was formed as a result of transformations between several prehistoric lakes. It is covered by a few meters of salt crust, which has an extraordinary flatness with the average elevation variations within one meter over the entire area of the Salada. The crust serves as a source of salt and covers a pool of brine, which is exceptionally rich in lithium. The large area, clear skies, and exceptional flatness of the surface make the Salada ideal for calibrating the alameters of Earth observation satellites. That's interesting. So the satellites kind of um, benefit from that. What else? Falling rain, a thin layer of dead calm water transforms the flat into the world's largest mirror. That's like where you have those amazing pictures. Let's see what else. It also serves as the major transport route across the Bolivian Altiplano, um, which is kind of like a desert type region. Um, and it is the prime breeding ground for several species of flamingos. So that is also cool. It is also a climatological transitional zone between the towering tropical um, congestus and cumulonimbus incus clouds that form. That's a tongue twister. Clouds that form in the eastern part of the salt flat during the summer cannot permeate beyond its drier western edges near the Chilean border and the Atacama Desert. These are some like notes that it has been um, a famous place to, to film movies. So it's Star Wars. This is the most famous Star Wars, The Last Jedi, the one that came out in 2017, um, featured the Salad of the Uni um, in, its, in, in its movie. So there's a lot of other movies that film there. But again, that's something that I know you've probably seen it, but just looking up some more pictures and maybe even going and, and looking up um, like the flamingo stuff like that. So that's another thing I recommend. And now we're going to dive deeper into where my dad is from. So my dad was born um, in Oruro, Bolivia. And I mentioned Oruro um, in the the first part um, at the start when I was naming the city. So Oruro is the uh, fifth largest city in Bolivia. And um, funny enough, it was named um, Oruro. Um, how it's pronounced, it's uh, like a tribe. So the tribe is the Uru-Uru. So the Uru-Uru people um, kind of established the town centuries ago, and that's why it's called Oruro. So it's kind of, it's it's changed a little bit, but um, it, it still kind of keeps that like Uru-Uru-Oruro kind of. I don't know what I'm saying, but anyways, so this city um, where my dad is from, the population is around 270,000. And it is, again, 12,000 feet high. So my dad was born, he always jokes like he was born at such a high altitude. And it's, it's pretty funny that he jokes about that. I'm going to take a sip of my, of my drink right now. So one second. 
that is some good stuff. Not sponsored by uh, my mom's wonderful beverage, but it definitely should be sponsored. But anyways, um, again, 12,000 feet above sea level. And this, this town, um, it is well known for, um, in terms of its economy, it is a very heavy mining town. So I, I don't know if you remember, um, in the first part, I mentioned that Olivia, Olivia, Bolivia, Bolivia and Olivia are literally the same thing, except just add a B in front of your name. But anyways, Bolivia, um, just like the Spanish, the Spanish took over because they, they discovered so much rich minerals to, to mine and to sell and stuff like that. So Bolivia, Bolivia, Oruro, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm like, like, I'm tired after playing soccer for like two hours. But anyways, Oruro has a very heavy uh, mining industry with tin, tungsten, silver and copper. So that's kind of what the, the town lives off. And just some history, um, I'll also kind of learn about this. So the city was founded on November 1st, 1607 by Don Manuel Castro de Padilla as a silver mining center in the Urus region. What else? At the time, it was named Real Via de San Felipe de Austria after the Spanish monarch Felipe III. It thrived for a while, but it was eventually abandoned as the silver mines exhausted. And then Oruro was reestablished by European Bolivians in the late 19th century as a tin mining center. It was named after the native tribe Uru Uru. Um, like I said, and again, its economy is still based on the mining industry. So again, I would recommend looking up some pictures of Oruro. Actually, the cover picture is going to be Oruro at night. And then it's already been 10 minutes. So in total, this is 40 minutes. So I don't want to go for too long, but I'm going to highlight two more um, little things. Uh, actually, three, two and a half. Um, one of the biggest things in Oruro, literally, um, it is this Christ of Redeemer like object and you could kind of see it if you look closely on that cover picture it's that on the it's kind of at the top of that image it's that like lit up kind of object and it is called the the virgin of socabon and if you look that up you can also just look up um christ of redeemer type thing or christ of redeemer oruro bolivia or something like that i'm sure you could easily find it even just by looking up images of oruro itself but um, this, that's kind of one of the biggest landmarks in the, the city. And one of the cool things is that um, that area or that place. And also, this, one, this is another interesting fact. Oruro is kind of in an in a almost crater. So it is 12,000 feet high. But around it, there's mountains that surround it that are even higher. So almost, it's almost in a valley, basically. So this, this virgin, this Christ the Redeemer um, Bolivian version, which is still massive, um, of course, not, not anything compared to the, to the Brazilian one. It um, requires you to take um, a lift, uh, like a, a ski lift up, but like an enclosed one that's super nice. And like they have like transportation. The whole that's like one of the main forms of transportation that honestly have that like all throughout the city so like instead of buses you take literally a lift around the city because it is almost in a crater and there's all those different types of altitudes so that's kind of one of the big things of this of the of the city then the next thing i'm going to talk about about um oruro is the carnival so one of the biggest things in oruro is the carnaval de oruro and it is one of the most famous um, events in South America because of, of what happened. So again, this is very hard for me to explain, but just like um, 
a lot of South American and Hispanic um, countries have carnival. Um, we don't really have that in the U.S. You could kind of look up as well, like just look up carnival, South America holiday, stuff like that. You could get like the background for that. But anyways, Oruro has this massive carnival where they parade down the streets, they dance. So I like this is like the other ones I recommend this one for sure. Please look up. Um, it is is the Carnaval de Oruro, so just you could look up Carnival of of Oruro, um, and look up some videos, images, and it's it's really wonderful, and that's one of the main things I would love to see um, eventually when I go. So that's one of the big attractions of the city, but that is Oruro, Bolivia, and then something that is near it as well is I kind of I kind of talked about this a long time ago um, with you, but in Bolivia. There's something called the Yungas. And again, I'm going to recommend to look this up. It is the Bolivian Yungas, Yungas spelled Y-U-N-G-A-S. And this is the path um, through the rainforest, basically. So um, it doesn't seem that scary, but because of the altitude and because of the mountains, you're basically passing different kind of climates through the Andes Mountains, though. So the roads are actually insane. It is the deadliest world in uh, deadliest road in the world, actually, because the roads are so narrow and with the rain and the mudslides and everything like literally I'm going to look up deadliest road in the world. North Yungas Road, Bolivia. At just 3.5 meters wide with no guardrails, North Yungas Road is often referred to as the most dangerous highway in the world. It is set up high in the mountain range in Bolivia. It is crazy. And again, I would recommend watching a video on this and looking up images because it is crazy. But again, this has already been a 45 minute episode. So that is going to wrap up my um, part one. Um, and this is the second part of the Bolivian series. But this is my part one or episode one of history lessons with Professor Berthin. My next episode uh, will likely cover Bul uh, Bulgaria, uh, my other um, heritage nation. And I hope this has been very informative. I recommend again looking up and watching all those things when you have the time. Again, you don't have to do it immediately. But it is so fascinating. And as a place that I've never been to, I've been to Bulgaria several times. And um, I, I can't wait to go eventually when things are, are, are clearing up because I know they will um, eventually, hopefully sooner rather than later, um, to go explore this not only with my family, but with you as well. This has been episode nine of the Mark and Olivia podcast. And this has been episode one of History Lessons with Professor Berthin, part two, Bolivia. Love you.